Our scripture this morning comes from Luke chapter 4. Hear the word of the Lord. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, Do hear in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, No prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this time that we have together with it. And we know, Lord, that your spirit is already among us. And so we pray that as our hearts and our minds are open and enlightened, that your spirit would press these words into our hearts, that we would not lose these words, but that they would have a place with us. And gracious Lord, I pray that you would take these simple words of mine, turning them from water into wine, because I know, God, that you use the simple things of this world and can do miracles with them. So do it even now in our midst this day. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so we're kind of doing a little cruise here through the beginning of Luke these last few weeks. <clears throat> we even picked up at the beginning, our beginning scripture this evening or this morning, was what we ended with last week. A few weeks ago, we started with the baptism of Jesus, and we were reminded, we reaffirmed, we, we took a get another look at, at the serious commitment and covenant that we make, that as God invites us in baptism into his family, that we are then, <clears throat> while, we are, while we are baptized with water, we also receive God's Holy Spirit. We are welcomed into the family of God, not just the local church either, but, but all, the whole family of God. But we do take seriously the fact that we are a part of a, a local church. We're part of a family of brothers and sisters in Christ who are, who are working together to help one another, not just the little kids as they're growing through Sunday school and youth group before they might go off to college, but each one of us sitting here, we need to take seriously that from the time we're born until the time we die, that we are continually becoming disciples deeper in our relationships with God. And so 
We need to support one another and encourage one another in this life of faith. And that's what it is to be baptized believers. Those are the covenants that we make, the commitments we make to one another through our baptism. Jesus went from his time of baptism to, to a time of testing and temptation, and he spent 40 days in the wilderness. And, and then as he left that time of testing, he journeyed on back to his hometown. And we sat with that a little bit last week and, and talked about how, how Jesus found himself, even on his journey home, spending time in synagogues, spending time in God's word and with people of faith. But there he was, having opened the scrolls, having read the prophet Isaiah, and, and finishing it there saying that the scripture had been fulfilled in their hearing and we talked about how it's important for us then, knowing that we are baptized into this family of God, knowing that we have now another commitment, that we have not only to care for one another and support one another, but also because the Holy Spirit is upon us, because we've been set apart and we're part of the family of God, that we're to continue to share the good news. Because Jesus came not just to fulfill a word that he would do things in his time for the only the period of time that he was on the earth, but know that we would then continue that work, continue to talk and work towards efforts of, of freedom from oppression and, and loosening of chains of, of imprisonment and, and, and an offering that hope and grace that comes through Jesus Christ. And here these people are sitting there in that synagogue and they heard Jesus reading the scriptures and they thought, wow, isn't that great? I mean, it says right here that, that they heard his words and they all spoke well of him and they were amazed. That's nice. <laughs> I think, well, you know, as, as you would, I mean, we can think of people who have, who have grown up here in this church who have found their way to full-time ministry in some sort or another. And you all know, heck, even when we have a little second grader up here, if they're reading scripture, we are thrilled as can be. We are proud as punch because look what God is doing with our people. And so there Jesus was in his home synagogue and there he is reading scripture and, and his words are just so beautiful and lovely. And we're going, well, I think he might have just said that the scripture was fulfilled in our hearing. I don't really know if he realizes he said that, though, because that would make him the Messiah. Pretty sure he's Mary and Joseph's kid, but we'll let him go with that. So they're all speaking well of him. Right? They're all like excited and there's that sense of pride in him. And then he keeps talking. <laughs> he keeps talking and, and, and he says out loud to them, surely you're going to quote to me, physician, heal thyself. I'm pretty sure you're also going to tell me that, that you want me to do the same things here at home that, that you're hearing have happened in other places. Well, yeah. I mean, you came home, didn't you? This is where you live. And if you're doing all that over there, then you better be doing it here, right? I mean, that makes sense. <clears throat> and why wouldn't we, if we found ourselves uh, with that ability to be able to bring healing to people, 
I mean, surely the first people that would pop to mind are the people you love the most or the people that you spend the most time with are the people that, that you have, that you have grown up with your entire life. If you know of someone who's hurting, you're going to want to go and help them. So that's not an unusual thing for them to have thought, right? I think that sounds reasonable. And then he keeps going. And then he starts to tell them, remind them about Elijah and Elisha, these prophets who were not sent to their hometowns, but did incredible miracles away from their homes. Not only away from their homes, but with foreigners, people that weren't like them, people that weren't even part of the chosen people of Israel. I mean, God spoke to Elijah, said, Elijah, leave your home, go over to this king of another nation and tell him there's going to be a famine, a drought, and that that rain will not fall again until until I tell you that it's coming. So here is Elijah who leaves his home and goes and offers this cheery message. And then instead of going home where it's safe and comfortable, where you know people, because this wasn't really received well, you might be in some danger. Let me go someplace where I know people and I'll be safe. No, Elijah, listening to the voice of God, goes to some deserted riverbed where no, there are no people, let alone water or any kind of source of food. But while Elisha, while Elijah is listening to the voice of God, God tells him that he will provide for him. He, he's going to send him food and even water through, through a crow every day. And a crow showed up every day and provided for him. And as Elijah was listening to the voice of God, after a time he was sent to Zarephath, again, not his hometown, again, not back to where the king was, but in another place now. And as Elijah is listening to God, there's a widow a widow that he is sent to, a widow who was preparing her final meal, the final meal for her and her son, knowing that once they ate it, there would be nothing left and they would shortly die. And Elijah says, I hear you, but I'm going to ask you to make me something to eat and then something for you and your son. Okay. So she does. And God provides. And for the rest of the time throughout that drought and famine, there was always enough flour in the jar. There was always enough oil in the jar. There was always enough. And for three and a half years, from the time the drought started until it ended, Elijah had to listen to the voice of God. You can imagine there were probably a few other voices around telling him what to do or how things should be done. Jesus also references Elisha and how in a similar way, Elisha, even though there were lepers all around, just as Elijah went to a widow who was a foreigner, not local widows, 
even though there were all kinds of people who had leprosy, it was it was one who was not part of his community. It was one who was not a local, not even part of the Israelites, sent to someone else, Naaman, a Syrian. Why? Why would, why would God tell his prophets to do things that other people, other people were wanting and longing for? Why would God do that? How is it that those prophets would, would go to those locations? Obviously, it wasn't by choice. Obviously, if they were told, hey, Elijah, go find a widow. He wouldn't have had to go look far. He would have found one in his own neighborhood. And yet, because he was listening to the voice of God, God was showing him where he needed to go, where God needed him to be. Because out of that, we see this incredible faithfulness. We see how God provided not only for the people of Israel, but for all people. And here Jesus is standing in, well, sitting in his, the, the synagogue he had grown up in, speaking about the word that he had just read from Isaiah and saying to those that he had known his entire life, things are not as they seem. It's not going to be the way you want it to be. And you might imagine they went from speaking well of him to not really being very thrilled with him. In fact, they were so upset with him that they were so riled up. They were to the point, they just wanted to get rid of him. Like literally walk him off a cliff so that he would die and they didn't have to worry about him. That's a pretty big jump from pride to murder. <laughs> and we don't really know. I mean, it, it's not spelled out here in the scriptures. Because literally, they were taking him to the edge of a cliff. So you can imagine all of the conversation, all the yelling and the shouting and the accusations and the, I mean, it just would have been, it would have been so loud and you couldn't have missed it. Was there just so much chaos that in the midst of that chaos, they really didn't notice? that he turned and walked through them in the opposite direction? I mean, it doesn't say, but maybe he just had like an invisibility cloak type thing and he was just like, I gotta be about my father's business. I mean, we, we don't even have reference from the words, from the language that, that it was written. And the same word that it talks about how he's walking through them is the same one that brought him to town. He was just walking. So it's not even like it was a special walk. Nope, he was just passing through. But he was not listening to their voices. He was not listening to their judgment and their condemnation. He wasn't listening to their cries for his death. That was not to come yet. He was listening to the voice of God, knowing the work that he was to be doing. And so I want to ask us this morning, who are you listening to? 
Who are you listening to? It's amazing the number of voices that surround us, right? We have, we have all kinds of voices. This station and that station and, and even this preacher or that preacher. We've got, we've got our friends and a family member. We've got a co-worker and our boss. We have, we have those students who are, who are shoulder to shoulder with us and then teachers or administrators. There's, there's voices all around us and they're not always in agreement and they don't always make it easy for us to see a path forward. But I want to ask, who are you listening to? What is the voice that you are hearing? What is it that you're doing? Why are you doing it? Are you, are you working and, and living and acting in a way because you know it's how God is calling you to live? It's, are, is it because you're listening to God and knowing that this is, this is where he wants you to be? Or are you maybe hearing God's voice but going, yeah, but these voices are telling me that that's not really what I should be doing, even though your voice is the one that I should be listening to. That's tough. But the thing is that God sees that. There There are no excuses. There are no explanations of, well, you see, God. Because he already knows. (laughs) He already sees. He knows that there are those voices as well as his. He knows that this is not an easy life. and, And we don't have an easy culture to live in either. We don't have an easy family. Our job just really stretches us. And it can be hard to know that we're actually listening to the voice of God. I want to encourage you to take maybe a little extra time to be spending getting to know the voice of God. Because you're right, he's not going to call you today. He's not going to be on the other end of the phone having a conversation with you, making things as clear as day. We're not going to text messages. That's not going to happen. So if you want to know the voice of God, if you want to be sure you're listening and hearing the voice of God, then you need to be reading God's word. And I'm not telling you that you need to spend hours a day like the scholars criticizing every word, comparing translations, translating it yourself. I want you to turn to the Psalms. Just go to the Psalms. It's the easiest place to start. It's the easiest place. Maybe read one a day. Listen, one Psalm takes you a couple minutes. Just a couple minutes. So even if you took 15, maybe 15 minutes, and you read that Psalm, maybe you read it two, maybe even three times. The Psalms are full of this incredible thing. They they have all of this emotion wrapped up right there in the Psalms, things that we're feeling, things that we're going through. And while there may not be a literal army on the other side of the door, where there may not be thousands of enemies that are trying to kill you specifically, I'm pretty sure that as you read through those Psalms, 
and you feel that emotion, it's going to hit you. There's going to be some emotion, something that's going on in our lives that's going to be like, yeah, I kind of feel like that. You know, no, there might not be a thousand people literally hunting me down to try to kill me at this moment, but I, but I kind of sense that feeling, that just overwhelming there's going to be all these emotions that were like, yeah, I can connect with that. I get that. That makes sense to me. But you know what else we're going to find in here? We're going to find again and again that God is faithful and God is good. Again and again in the Psalms, it's going to remind us that our God is a refuge. Our God is a fortress. Our God will fight for us. That we are not alone. That we are not doing this by ourselves. And then... As we spend time in God's word, as we spend time just giving thanks to God for who he is, for seeing us through these times, his voice is going to become a bit clearer. It will become easier and easier to listen to the voice of God when all of the voices around are trying to point us in different directions. And so when we hear the voice of God telling us that he needs us on a specific project at work and we go, yeah, but I don't do that. Like, that's not my project. That's not how I, that's not my expertise. And God says that you just, you need to be there and you've got that peace because, because you know, that's the voice of God. All of a sudden you're going to find yourself right where you needed to be when you didn't realize you needed to be there. Because when we understand and know the voice of God, when we can feel his prompting and leading in things, then even though it looks kind of awkward, I don't really know if that's something I've done before or could do, or I'm not sure how this is going to work out. Well, then it's not so daunting because if God is leading us to do it, then it's something that we go, well, okay, that's interesting, but okay, God, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this leads. And then, and then we might just all of a sudden be giving God praise for how he helped, helped use us to to work through some situation where, where oppression was relieved. We might find ourselves being used by God because we were listening. We weren't sure where, where he was taking us with this. But all of a sudden, we might find ourselves having borne witness to, to who God is and sharing, sharing our faith in Jesus Christ. And there was one person who needed to hear it, even though there were five other who were just kind of snickering there in the corner. And we're able to say, I listened to the voice of God. And so even if those beside me don't agree with me, I know, I know that I heard God and I was faithful. Listening to God Following what he calls us to isn't always easy. It is one of the hardest things because it means that we have to go beyond ourselves, beyond our own fears, our own doubts, our own anxieties. None of us are experts at it. We all struggle with it. But when we listen to the voice of God, when we know we have done what he's called us to, no matter what the fallout, outcome, whatever it might be. 
will be at peace, knowing that we've listened, we've followed, we have been faithful, just as God has called us to be. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we thank you that you call us, that you know us each by name, that there is not one of us that can escape your love and your grace. Gracious Lord, will you continue to draw us closer to you, pulling us into your word, helping us to hear your voice, helping us to know you even more. Because God, every day can be difficult. There's all kinds of challenges that come our way. But when we're listening to your voice, when we're following in your path, then we know we will be kept at peace because we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.